Hello, everybody. It is great to be here one more time. And my name is Gary Fowler. I am the CEO, president, and co-founder of GSD Get You Done Venture Studios, a premier AI and quantum venture studio located in Palo Alto, California. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've done 17 companies, been involved in two unicorns. I was on the original management team, a Cliff Software that was sold to Salesforce for $1.35 billion, and also Eva.ai, an AIHR tech company. Love artificial intelligence and quantum computing. I've written 162 articles in the last a little less than two years and done around 700 uh, podcasts. So we believe that intellectual capacity is evenly spread around the world, but opportunities are. And with that, I have the great pleasure of introducing today my guest, Keith Herman. Uh, Keith is a entrepreneur, professional with over 25 years worth of experience developing, building, and exiting more than 50 businesses. He's a founder of IPA Equities, a recognized thought leader for his expertise in business transformation and growth, and he's focused on emerging disruptive and transformational technologies that are in growth mode. So with that, I'd like to introduce Keith. Hey, Keith, how are you today? I'm doing well, Gary. Thanks for having me on the, on the show. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about yourself. So I got a question for you. You went to University of Texas and got a degree in biochemistry, correct? Uh, I went to University of Texas for a year, and then I transferred to University of Miami and uh, studied biochemistry at both. What made you decide to transfer from Texas to Miami? Um, I grew up in the Northeast and, and spent a lot of time in, in uh, New York City where things were really, you know, happening, a lot of stuff going on. And when I moved to Texas at that time, Austin was a very sleepy town. You had the uh, school and you had the capital. And uh, whenever there was a national holiday, it was a ghost town. <laughs> yeah, so well, myself traveling a lot to, uh, to Houston and to Dallas, but it just... There wasn't enough going on, and and uh, you know at that age I had a lot of angst, so I, I decided to transfer. Yeah, I remember going down to uh, Austin. It was Sixth Street, I believe. There yeah. was the street of bars, and it was so much fun. It was like going back in time. There was like country western. There were some uh, cool clubs, but it was just uh, yeah. I know what you mean. A little interesting. And so then you went to Miami. Did you graduate from Miami? Is that where you? Yeah, I graduated from University of Miami. Yeah. And how did you go? So you're doing biochemistry. How in the world did you go from there, that, doing that to law school? Um, so when I graduated college, I made the conscious decision to, to travel and to really get out of the space of being a student and try to really uh, just kind of clear my mind of the four-year experience of college and uh, took a trip to Greece and started traveling uh, from Greece into Europe. And during that trip, a lot of, uh, there were a lot of enlightening moments where I decided, um, you know, that I wasn't really sure if in fact that I wanted to pursue becoming a doctor which was originally what I had studied to, you know, to become. And, uh, you know, I, I had moments of doubt and uh, decided that probably that was not the route that I wanted to go. And yeah, no, I understand. And so uh, 
where is Whittier Law School? I don't, is that in the Northeast? So, so Whittier Law School uh, now is in Orange County. When uh, mm -hmm. I went to school, it was actually in Los Angeles in an area called oh, Hancock okay. Park. And that was originally where their, their first charter was. And then they eventually relocated uh, to Orange County. I believe it's Costa Mesa. And so what, okay, so you did that. What did you do right out of law school? Did you have one day and say, I'm going to be an entrepreneur? Did you work as a lawyer for a while? What did you so, do? Yeah, so um, a really interesting story. I got hired by a patent and trademark attorney and Elliot Disner, great guy, hired me. And uh, he said, you know, look, I have a bunch of cases that I have no idea what to do with because they're not in my wheelhouse. So I'm just going to give them to you and whatever you can do, you can do with them. And it turns out they were judgment debtor cases for John DeLorean. It was his bankruptcy and they needed to clean up all of these debtor cases. And they gave me those cases and figured that they were basically just a waste of time. <laughs> So give them, you know, give them to the new guy. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So did you work with John DeLorean himself? Um, I did not. Um, I worked um, I worked with the legal team, um, but I was pretty much on my own having to deal with, um, you know, debtors. And it, I mean, it was it was a real learning experience. And long story short, the uh, main attorneys were out of Detroit and I settled all of the cases and actually brought in quite a bit of money. And the attorneys flew out from Detroit and they said to me, you, you, you should not be a lawyer. <laughs> you have like amazing business skills. You should really go into business because you'll be a lot more successful just based upon what we're seeing and what, what the results you got us. I mean, this is remarkable. So that really was kind of a, a moment. <laughs> That was a dinner I'll never forget. Wow, that's great. That's fantastic. You know, or maybe they just didn't want the competition. <laughs> Could be, but I don't think so. <laughs> well, that's amazing. So you did that. And then what was it? So I know you did the property growth fund. So what year was that? What What are we talking about? Well, the late well, 80s or early 90s? Or So I got into I got into real estate in the mid 80s. Uh, friends of mine were in the, in, you know, starting out in real estate relatively, you know, I'd been in it for a few years and I saw what they were doing, started working with them. Um, and then we, we just created a company. Um, at that time it was before property growth fund, but what happened was, is I transitioned from buying and selling contracts, uh, purchase and sale contracts to actually buying property and, and doing uh, redevelopment. And that's that was uh, when Property Growth Fund, um, I had gone through some projects and then eventually created Property Growth Fund in the 90, in the early 90s. And, uh, you know, had a pretty good run with that for quite a few years. Wow, that's you're amazing. That's great. And then so uh, Omni Nano, what is that? So Omni Nano is a, uh, it's a STEM uh, program uh, for students to educate them on nanotechnology and get them involved. And uh, the founder of that uh, 
you know, organization is a, is a brilliant scientist in nanotechnology and a good friend of mine, Marco. And uh, he asked me to get involved and to just try to, you know, help them with certain things. And uh, that's how I got involved with them. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people all over the years that I've worked, uh, worked with or have mentored and helped along. And, and Marco's one of those, he's just a, a brilliant, scientist but also a great individual and an amazing cook he makes he's he, incredible italian food you're you making me hungry just thinking dinner. about it you know what i mean Keith? You, you don't want to miss his dinners oh my god yeah you're <laughs> so, making me hungry just thinking about i was just thinking about it was last night about how much i miss having a nice piece of lasagna I there you go. So, since i've been in the northeast you know yeah so while my mouth is half full he's saying you know will you help me i'm like absolutely whatever you want and a glass of wine in your hand yeah exactly <laughs> that's great yeah that's great and so as you're going down through it as your career um where are you physically today are you in um, maryland or are you in uh, california where are you today yeah. In Los Angeles. I got it. Cool. Yeah. Are you in Beverly Hills then or are you in uh, Los Angeles proper? Yeah. So um, we're based out of Beverly Hills, um, but I'm, 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 I myself, I'm only there probably about 20% of the year. Really? And so do, do you spend time in uh, the Northeast again or are you back in Florida? Or where do you spend? Time? <laughs> I, I travel all over um, and I spend, um, I mean, I just, it's, I mean, I've been in six cities in just the last couple of months. That's great. Yeah. And I'm not currently out of the U S I'm not in the U S right now. I'm, I'm out. Um, but I will be, you know, I'm, I get back to LA and, and, you know, there's certain things that I do and I'm there for a while. And, but I mean, the, I'm looking at projects that are all over and working with people, um, you know, where they're, you know, they need me there. So they say, you know, you got, you have to come out here, just, you know, come out and we'll sit down and we'll talk. I mean, it's still, a lot of people are still old school and, you know, Zoom calls are great and you can get so far, but if you're sitting down with somebody in person, you can get a tremendous amount done. And, and you know, that bonding is really invaluable. So for, for me, and I enjoy the travel and, and I mix it with you know, socializing. So I get out and I get to see things. It's, it's a great, it's a great way to live. No, I agree with you. You know, I spent a lot of time myself. I spent 14 years in Russia and uh, in that part of the world. So I would go on the weekends to Turkey or to Greece or to London. It was only a two and a half, three hour trip. And it was so much fun. And, um, you know, just popping on a Russian plane and heading down to uh, Istanbul. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Interesting times are flying out to uh, Siberia. So now I got I got you there. Well, that's part of the life. This digital transformation is upon us. And, you know, people are really mobile. You never know where people are today. Right now I'm in uh, Palm Beach in Florida, but normally I'm out in California. You never know. And the this is true. And, uh, you know, more and more there's, um, you know, people, there's the COVID I mean, obviously we're in technology, right? So in the tech sector, we're accustomed to Zoom calls and doing things remotely and, you know, having teams all over. So it's not really, uh, you know, very new for us, but for a lot of people, it's, it's, uh, it's been a very, you know, dramatic change for them, but I think it's for the better. And I think people are, are, are a lot uh, healthier mentally 
because they have that time to decompress. They don't have the pressure and the angst of traveling, commuting, and they're, you know, slowly but surely adjusting. I think, you know, there's some pluses and minuses, but all in all, it's been a good thing. I know from my standpoint, I mean, I could spend a hundred thousand dollars on traveling plus, <laughs> and, you know, that's kind of nice not having that. Plus you get a better night's sleep. And although you're right, you know, I just actually um, agreed to speak at a conference in Egypt and Gaza and, uh, no, oh, nice. and I just hadn't, you know, I was, you know, with COVID and everything staying around, but I made a decision, you know, I want to start getting out because like you said, it's nice to be able to shake hands and talk to the people that you see online. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think we're all craving it. It's a shame it's not happening faster, but I mean, it is what it is, but I think people are a lot more appreciative coming out of this and uh, the, the relationships I think will be a lot stronger as a result. No, I agree a hundred percent. So tell me a little bit about, you know, You've had 20, over 25 years worth of experience. You're building business and investing. What kind of things are you investing in today? How does, so if somebody calls up and says, Keith, I want to work with you. What do you come in as an advisor, as a, you know, how do you come in as a founder, co-founder? What are you doing with those companies and what kind of companies? Yeah, so first of all, <clears throat> what I found over the years, uh, having, made some really bad investments <laughs> um, early on in, in technology that um, if you really want to be successful, you need to work with people and understand how they work because there's a lot of executional risk. You can have the most incredible idea, but if you can't execute it, it's, it's a big problem. And so there's nothing like working with people and spending time with them and you need to be able to have some sort of commitment. So I look for situations where there's an opportunity to get involved with a company where they need a strategic advisor, somebody who can come in who's been there and done that and who can create uh, some strategy or reevaluate the strategy and help push the company along. And I try to work with companies that I feel that there's potential they generally offer me, uh, you know, something in the company, whether it's equity or they're, you know, they may just want me as an advisor. It just really depends. And uh, but I, I try to choose projects where I feel that there's potential good uh, core team, people who are have their act together <laughs> and uh we've seen a few of those that don't huh keith and yeah <laughs> when you think they do and they don't yeah i mean you know look there's you know look when i've been doing this a long time 25 years it's, I, that was very generous gary <laughs> i've been doing yeah, it a yeah. bit, but very generous over uh, 25 years yeah, <laughs> yeah very very generous to, to cut it down for me um, but, you know, really, you get to a point where you really are looking. It's a lot of this is relationship based and you want to work with people where you're on the same page and you want it to be fun and not a drain. Uh, so um, I have a question for you. Just exactly that. What happens when you get into a situation? You know, you think it's right. You get into the situation. And I've had this happen a few times where everything looks right. Technology's right. The people seem right. You get into the deal with them, and all of a sudden, it's exactly opposite of what you thought. They're paranoid. They're, you know, they the way they do business is different. How do you deal with 
What do you do at that point? Do you stay in? Do you get out? I mean, how do you act? Yeah. So I actually recently had that in a project where, you know, we started off, everything was great. And, you know, there was a lot of transformation right at the beginning, but then you have somebody at the helm who is overtaken by their own personal thoughts and their own desires. And it's about them and it's not about the project. I like to work with people who feel that the project is greater than themselves. When the project becomes only as great as the person who's running it is where there's a problem. And so my preference is, is to bow out. I would rather move on to something else than to be confined into a, a project that I really feel is, is limited. I agree 100%. I mean, it's bowing, bowing out gracefully, too. You know, the other thing is, I don't know about you, but I've actually had situations where I bowed out, and 15 years later, I reconnected with the person, and we ended up doing business together because they were different than they were when I bowed out. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> you learn a lot over time, and, and I think that, uh, you know, sometimes – you know, you have to you have to let people go on their own path and you need to let them do what it is that they need to do. And hopefully they come around. A lot of people don't, but a lot of people do. So, uh, you know, it, yeah, that's what's great. We live in a dynamic. You never, you never, dynamic. You never, know. You never know, right? Yeah. I, I remember this. This. Uh, so um, I met this guy. Good guy, actually. He went to university with me. And uh, he was in my fraternity. And then when they had a lot of fun, I got to tell you, they were really, you know, they were um, wrestling or football team, wrestling team, and um, had a lot of fun. And the last thing I knew, he was a, a assistant coach of the football team. And so if you're listening, um, Austin, this is about you. Anyhow, uh, he, so I get a call from the president of the university. I'm down in Florida. They're coming down to do a uh, retreat. And they asked me if I wanted to come over as an alumni. I said, sure, I'd be interested in coming over. You should hook up. Who These are the different uh, alumni that are down in Florida. And oh, by the way, one of them was in your fraternity. Um, and uh, here, here he is. So I called him up. I said, hey, Austin, how you doing? Great. So he said, well, let's get together. I said, sure. And he said, why don't we meet down in Fort Lauderdale near the Marriott Hotel? I'll take you out. Let's go out in my boat. Yeah, I'll go down there. I'll come down. And so I come down to the Marriott Hotel. I'm looking there, and I see like a 16-foot boat. And I go over there, and I'm, I'm standing by the boat. I said, uh, I call him up. I said, Austin. He calls me up. He said, Gary, you coming? I said, I'm right here. I'm standing by the boat. He said, he said what do you mean you're standing by the boat? I said, I'm right here. He said, uh, which boat? And I said, well, the Sea-Doo. It was a you know, small sea yeah. He said, I'm not on that one. Look up and to the right, and he's got a hundred foot yacht. Wow! And so I said, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I could not believe it. So anyhow, you never know what's going to happen. You know, Forrest Gump said, uh, "Life's like a box of chocolates." I get into this thing. He's got a French chef. We have a nice dinner. We have some wine. Talk about the old days, and it was just incredible. But you never know. And that's the other thing, Keith. How important is it to keep those relationships? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm probably the wrong person to ask that question. I've always been on a growth path. And for me, it's it's what's in front of me and not what's behind me. 
I have a handful, uh, just a very small group of people that I've known for a very long time. Unfortunately, a, a, a very large number of people that I have had relationships with are no longer here. Um, so I, you know, you mean physically or you mean mentally? <laughs> <laughs> physically, physically. Um, yeah, I've lost a lot of dear friends along the way. And uh, so, you know, I've always been an optimist and always looked forward. I have a few people, like I said, that I've kept relationships with. And, you know, they're they're social. They're not business related at all. Um, but, you know, look, some of the greatest relationships that I have came out of left field. And I think that's just how life is. And, you know, that's what's exciting is you never know who's going to come into your life and how it's going to change and the difference they're going to make. And, uh, you know, I again, I like change, so I don't like to be in a stagnant, redundant situation. Uh, and but I mean that's just me. <laughs> I'm not your person. You know, and uh, the kind of things I work that we work on at GSD. I mean, it's all about change, right? Artificial intelligence. I remember back in the '80s we were doing Ops and Lisp, and I mean it wasn't really AI. And now look at the world in front of us. I mean, our world's fundamentally changing. And you know, you've been around the block a. a a few times like myself, Keith, and, you know, we have a lot of challenges that we need to face and we need to come up with technology to be able to face them. We need to figure out how to make more food, um, you know, by 2050, if we don't double the, the food supply needs to double in order to be able to feed the people on the planet. So I'm sure that we can do it, but we better look at those technologies now because we don't have a lot of time. Yeah. I saw an article the other day where it was on, uh, climate change and it said something about emissions that you know that we we have an estimated uh by 2030 we're supposed to cut emissions by 15 percent but by current reports it shows by 2030 we'll actually have increased them by 40 percent well we're going to cut with existing folks and then we got an increase in population so you know you're going to well, 13 billion people going from 8 to 13 billion you got 1.3 billion in africa Right, you got 1.3 billion in India, and as these company these countries develop, that they're going to want to drive. They're going to. There's a lot of things they're going to want to do. We live. We you know we live in a society where people like to they they only they people tend to be lazy. Okay, I'm just going to lay it out there. People tend to be lazy, and they don't want to do anything until they're forced to do it. I don't know how many more times the subways of New York are going to be flooded before they figure out that sea level has risen and it's just going to continue to get worse as the sea level rises and there's a real problem there. Um, you know, global, you want to say it's global warming, something, well, whatever, but the, the, the reality is, is you have a problem there. You have a problem in Miami with Brickell Avenue flooding over. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. You know, I was, I was down in um, South Florida uh, near Sunny Isles and I had my car near the water and uh, there was a, uh, what is it called? The King Moon or whatever, when the moon's out and it's yeah. uh, King Tides. Anyhow, I had my little sports car down there. Thank God I pulled it up the street a little bit because the road got flooded. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean. It was I mean, unbelievable. But the, the, the point is, is that, you know, look, we have like amazing technologies. I mean, you and I, we see the most cutting edge technologies that are available. But a lot of people, they don't want to act 
fortunately, some of these projects are getting funded, which is great, but you, people don't want to act until it's, it's, they have no choice. And then, then you see the change. It would be great if we had more people on board uh, supporting these, these really revolutionary projects to, that would really you know, affect change in a great way. I mean, we're, we're in this space, but a lot of other people. I have a very good friend um, who I've known 25 years um, in Silicon Valley. He's a tech guy. And I was talking to him, he said to me, you're involved in this blockchain stuff. He goes, could you explain it to me? I said, you're in technology. He goes, yeah, but not, but not that technology. He goes, I know what I know and that's it. Um, well, that's the other thing. I mean, where you sit, you know, with the startup network and, and, you know, part of it's getting above the noise to be able to figure out how the pieces of the puzzle go together. And I don't know yeah. about you, but, you know, one of the reasons that I'm active on these panels around the world is because you get a lot of knowledge. You figure out how the pieces go together, who's doing what, where these researches are located, what we could do with that particular company and how could we partner with another one that's in Argentina or one in uh, the UK. I mean, you get on top of it and, you know, you look at, and again, I don't know if it's you, but I mean, I've come to this realization only recently that it's critically important because if you're somebody like an Elon Musk who sits at the very top, that's how you can see where the opportunities are going to go or yeah. Jeff Bezos, you know, yeah. or Branson. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. It's interesting. So what do you, what's up next? So I know you're, you're doing transactions. What are you working on today? That's uh, interesting. And what do you want to do in the future that uh, is in, in front of you? Uh, I'm, I'm looking at projects, as you know, I look at, I look at innovative and disruptive projects where there's layered technologies. And the reason why, and, and, you know, for anybody who's listening, what I mean by layered is it's not just one type of technology. So in other words, uh, you know, typically you would say, okay, well, this is a, a SaaS insurance platform. Um, which is great, and there's a need for all of that. But when you can combine it with another technology, let's say blockchain, where you're adding another layer, let's say blockchain would be a layer below, or let's say artificial intelligence, where you can analyze all the data as you're scaling the project. Now you have an opportunity to create something exponentially greater. And so that's really what I spend my time looking at those types of projects um, because I just feel that it can take us some, someplace a lot faster. Um, you know, very often I'm, I'm being, I'm sure like yourself, you're pitched ideas and you say, well, if you would just add this one other element, you would get a thousand fold, uh, you know, result. And so I feel that that's kind of an obligation that, that I have is to try to help companies make those leaps to help them really affect change on a greater scale. Because a lot of the people in, in this space are genuinely interested in affecting change. So why not offer the knowledge that's out there to help these folks you know, make, you know, get those types of results and really make a difference? No, I agree 100%. I mean, that's one of the reasons that we did the GSD get shit done is because what I, what I, you know, when I was in Russia, 
there wasn't an ecosystem. We started an accelerator and it took off. And then I started to travel around the region and we started to see the same kind of problems. It's in a lot of it's about the network. And uh, as we said, you know, having the perch sitting on the perch like you are to look down and see what's happening. You can figure out how to put those pieces together. And it's hard if you're an entrepreneur because they're so focused on getting one job done. They're not looking at the whole picture. Yeah, well, being an entrepreneur is not easy, as you know, and, oh, yeah. for anybody, and for anybody who's tried it, you know that it's it's a challenge, but that's what defines an entrepreneur, right, is the challenge. No, I agree 100%. It's a challenge and not giving up. You got to focus and you got to pivot and you got you to gotta be okay with it. And you're right. You look about the future and not the past because I don't know about you, but the people that look back and always focus on the past are the ones that never go ahead. That is true. I mean, you're 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 wasting time on something that you it's it's water under the bridge. You're right, hundred percent. I mean, you know, hopefully you've learned from it. But if you didn't, you know, that's okay. Move forward, and if you didn't learn the lesson, you'll learn it. You'll will eventually learn it. You'll get it again. Yeah, you'll get it again until you do. But yeah. um, you certainly Maybe don't want to waste too much. It may not like it, but you'll get it again. Sure, right? <laughs> exactly. A lesson, Keith. We're coming to the top of the hour. Closing thoughts, and how do people get a hold of you? Well, uh, my closing thoughts are that, uh, you know, we're, we're in a, a great time, I think, right now uh, in terms of uh, change. You know, this whole situation with COVID and people having the opportunity to kind of re-examine whether it's their work situation or just how they live, uh, anything, a moment to make you just stop and pause and think I think is is monumental, and uh, so I, you know, there's there's great opportunities out there, and I think that people are going to have an opportunity here to evaluate opportunities which they probably normally would not have, and if you haven't, you should, because you may not get this opportunity again. So it's 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 time to take advantage of it and uh, do what you can to really improve your situation. Yeah, great. And how do people get a hold of you? They can uh, reach me by email. Uh, that's probably the easiest at kh at ipaequities.com. I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, so they can find me there, Keith Herman, uh, or by email. That's great. Keith, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be a guest on my show today. To my audience, thank you for tuning in one more time to GSD Presents Silicon Valley AI and Tech. I'm your host, Gary Fowler. I'd like to thank my entire team, uh, Genia, Derek, Nick, and everybody else in, that's involved to make this show uh, successful. I appreciate it. And I want to thank all the entrepreneurs out there, all the investors that watch um, our shows growing. And we believe, as I said before, intellectual capacities evenly spread around the world, but opportunities aren't. And with that, let's go out, let's work together. Let's make this world a safe, healthy, and happy place to live. And let's make our own dent in the universe. Again, my name's Gary Fowler. Thank you very much.